born in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Welcome, this is Karen Schoen, and you're listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, who I can't thank enough for the incredible job that they're doing of educating and getting people to understand what is going on in our schools, plus the bills that they have been supporting. So please look at the show notes. And if you live in Florida, your job is to call your legislator and to tell them that eliminating the Hope Scholarship is a horrible thing to do to the kids and bringing in parental choice, uh, making sure that the flags that we have in our schools and buildings are American flags. Won't that be nice? And uh, making sure that minors do not have access to pornographic material in school. So these are several bills that are of utmost importance that we have to make sure get passed. And this is the session in which to do it. Folks, we have uh, just been going through very strange weather issues, and when we talk about the weather and what's going on with the weather, that brings to mind to me all of this nonsense programs because we're seeing um, and we're hearing more and more uh, articles about how buses, electric buses don't work, electric cars don't work, the power grid is down, people are without electricity. And the lies have just been unbelievable because nobody even understands what's happening and they're contradicting each other. So when we have that happening, I like to talk to the experts. And I have invited Hank Fallick, who is a meteorologist and actually knows what's going on with the weather and can explain to us what all of this nonsense is about greenhouse gas and how it would be a good thing to eliminate carbon dioxide. How would that ever be a good thing? Our plants won't survive. We don't have plants. We don't have food. So what is this all about? And thank you, Hank, for joining me today. Okay. Well, thank you, Karen. I'm glad to be here. And um, I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. Well, first of all, everybody talks about greenhouse gas. What is that? What is that all about? And how does it affect us? Okay, a greenhouse gas uh, is supposedly a a gas, uh, and you might remember that the uh, atmosphere is made up of mostly nitrogen and oxygen, and a small portion of that is carbon dioxide and other gases. And a greenhouse gas, so-called greenhouse gas, is a gas that will trap heat between the gas and the surface of the earth and cause global warming. Now, 
as far as greenhouse gases go, uh, carbon dioxide is one, but we have three that are the principal drivers. First is water vapor, next is carbon dioxide, and the next is methane. And uh, water vapor accounts for 95% of the greenhouse effect. Carbon dioxide accounts for 3.618% of the greenhouse effect. And methane accounts for 0.36% or 10% are probably 10 times less than carbon dioxide. But you might recall, if you read any news articles, carbon dioxide is singled out as the biggest uh, offender of global warming, followed by methane, uh, which is attributed uh, primarily to farming, to uh, uh, gases passed by farm animals. And uh, when, when the dung of those animals decomposes, so well, Hank, we, what you're saying makes absolutely no sense according to what the policies that we're following are. They never even mention water vapor. Why do they never mention water vapor? How many people don't even know that water vapor is part of greenhouse gas? Why don't we stop drinking water? Stop having water? How is that going to work? Well, let, let's let's talk about a couple other things here. First of all, water vapor is uh, uh, responsible for ninety-five percent of the greenhouse effect. Man can only uh, affect water vapor by 0.001 percent. That's one thousandth of one percent. That's man's impact on water vapor. Carbon dioxide. Uh, man can only affect uh, the 3.6% uh, man-made, uh, even if we go and double, it's only 0.117%. So uh, carbon dioxide, uh, so-called greenhouse effect, and the effect on global warming uh, can be shown to be really negligent, negligible, let's put it that way. So if what you let me visualize this, because unfortunately, this is radio and I can't show anybody any charts. But from what you're describing, it would be something like if I took a bathtub and I filled it up with cold water and that represented the amount of water and water vapor. And then I took a thimble and I filled it up with hot water and I poured the thimble into the bathtub, I would expect the bathtub to become hot. How does that work? There is literally um, an, a negative effect of putting, of getting rid of carbon dioxide. The whole thing makes absolutely no sense. So why are they doing this? Why are they guiding us down this path to eliminate carbon dioxide which we all know that if we don't have carbon, we don't live. Well, okay, let, let's talk about <clears throat> carbon dioxide uh, for a second. And uh, first of all, um, <clears throat> the International Panel on Climate Change 
which is part of the United Nations, has declared that carbon dioxide is going to raise the Earth's temperature by five degrees if you double the amount of carbon dioxide. Then they retracted that and said, well, we were high, it's only three degrees. Now, um, they, they were taken to task by 1,600 scientists who said, you're wrong. That's not the way the physics works. However, you'll never see um, the United Nations and all the climate alignments, you'll never see them really wanting to debate anyone scientifically on climate change. Um, you know, we talked about carbon dioxide. Now, <clears throat> the, the, the heat generated by doubling uh, the amount of carbon dioxide uh, can be shown, and it was shown by uh, Dr. Holmes, um, using the universal gas law, uh, PV equals NRT, that's pressure volume, and uh, the amount of gas temperature in the universal gas law, he showed that if you double the amount of carbon dioxide, you get a 0.1 degree centigrade rise. That's a lot different than three degrees. Matter of fact, it's 27 times less. I, I'm, I'm astounded. I uh, I can't believe that they these people are actually. I mean, it's just lying. There's no other nice way to put it, because once you use any type of equation to make this come out right, it doesn't work. And I don't think do people understand that. What would happen? If, what would happen if we eliminated carbon dioxide? You're, Hank, you're the scientist. What would happen if we went to net zero carbon dioxide? Well, first of all, I think all humanity would die. Um, <laughs> That's not good. All right, you would have no more agriculture. Uh, the more carbon dioxide you have, the better plants grow. I mean, that's, that's, that's a known fact. Um, plants live on carbon dioxide. As a matter of fact, there's a natural balance that the way God created it between uh, photosynthesis and carbon dioxide. Now, we'll, we'll, uh, consider the fact that there is carbon dioxide and it's produced by man. Uh, man only produces 0.1% uh, of what it what's in the atmosphere. Uh, the rest of it is all natural, comes from volcanoes and, and other natural uh, occurrences. <clears throat> but as the gas is produced, um, agriculture, green things, trees, plants, bushes, grass, take the carbon dioxide, and they turn it into oxygen. That's the oxygen uh, that we that we breathe. Now, the majority of carbon dioxide is absorbed by the oceans. Right now, the oceans have a lot of living matter in them. There's a lot of plankton, seaweed, uh, things like that. 
Uh, these all live on carbon dioxide and, and they're absorbed into the ocean and the ocean turns around and these gases go into CO2 and they come out as, as oxygen um, and other gases. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, there's a paper by um, Herman Hardy that was done in 1996 and he calculated that if you uh, increase the amount of carbon dioxide, it will naturally be absorbed by the oceans, uh, by the plants and grasses and other things. And the net result is, is a zero change. Now- <laughs> Zero change? Zero change. So it, it, what he calculated, and not only he, but several other scientists have calculated that the amount of carbon uh, dioxide produced by man, and that's called anthropogenic uh, fossil fuels and burning, um, it, it is, it is, would be totally consumed uh, by uh, the, this natural balance. Okay, so in other words, um, they they calculate that the uh, um, this this natural process of removing CO two from the atmosphere uh, can consume 135 gigatons, uh, or about 18 percent of the atmospheric CO two CO two each year. So that says that within four years, uh, this natural system is capable of um, basically absorbing uh, and, and uh, returning uh, all the carbon dioxide back into the atmosphere as a breathe, breathe, breathable gas. Now, what happens if you reduce CO2 and you get rid of the plants and <clears throat> such that consume CO2 and turn it back into oxygen. First, you don't have any plants to eat. So <laughs> I mean, plants to eat, uh, agriculture, husbandry, as far as I know, uh, chickens eat grain and uh, cows eat hay and grass as do sheep and pork, yeah, pork, the same thing. So you remove the food sources. So there goes your meat. There goes your vegetables. Uh, there goes the oxygen that man is supposed to breathe because this is where it comes from. And you want to take carbon dioxide to zero? You have just killed the human race. I am afraid that that's their goal, except what's going to happen with them? Or they'll probably be wearing spacesuits, so they'll be able to breathe and they'll be uh, pumping the, the carbon dioxide into their greenhouses. Don't they do that, Hank? They pump car the farmers that actually understand science, uh, pump carbon dioxide into the farm, into their um, greenhouses to make the plants grow bigger, stronger, better, faster. Um, this is uh, something that is astounding to me. And then if we go even further, how does, I saw a movie the other day, a video, and it, I recommend it highly to everyone. It's called Planet of the Humans. 
and it was done a couple of years ago. And this man is going around America talking to people who have gone green because he's a greenie and he wants to understand it. And it was amazing to me uh, because here we are now today hearing about all these electric vehicles that rely on solar and wind power so that they don't have to um, emit carbon dioxide and they're failing. So I'm going to ask you why they're failing. But I just want to say one point that really struck me was when he asked the woman um, where the electricity came from. And she turned around and said, from that building over there. So clearly there is a total lack of knowledge being taught in school regarding science and people have no understanding the way the science works. And more than that, electricity, Hank, why are all of these cars and buses and trucks failing in the cold weather? Well, Karen, I think it has to do uh, <clears throat> with the physics of the batteries themselves. Um, as you know, lithium is a very reactive metal. Uh, if you don't believe me, <laughs> look at the news. Uh, <clears throat> when an electric vehicle catches on fire, uh, it literally burns to the ground. And I don't care how much water you put on it, uh, it's going to self-extinguish until the lithium is all consumed. So. Um, why, why don't they work in the cold climates? Uh, that's that's why it's a characteristic of the uh, of the material itself. Now, as far as electric vehicles go, electric vehicles uh, are not supposed to use fossil fuels, and you have to remember fossil fuels is, according to the globalists, that's a big no, 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 no. You can't burn fossil fuels. Uh, fossil fuels might recall. Uh, our gasoline and diesel fuel uh, that run cars and trucks, fossil fuels of natural gas that we use for heating. And as a matter of fact, most of the electricity that's generated uh, in the U.S. today is generated by natural gas. That's a fossil fuel. So they want to get rid of coal, oil. They want to get rid of natural gas. And quote, oh, that's going to get rid of CO2. Now, here's another interesting thing. I also saw that, um, that video that you just referenced. And I think uh, the gentleman's name, is, he's a, a PhD physicist from Princeton. And he proved uh, using what you would call a black body principle and that is looking at the, um, the heat balance, the heat coming in from the sun and being re-radiated from the earth, that if you double the CO2, you get a 0.5 to 0.7 degrees um, Fahrenheit rise in temperature. And again, that's much, much less than the three or five degree rise that the um, IPCC claims. So. Uh, again, if you want to look at the science, science clearly shows that if you double CO2, you don't get global warming. And, um, you know, one of the other things uh, that I'll just bring up for a second that you see going on 
is animal husbandry. They want to get rid of cows. They want to get rid of chickens and pigs. And uh, they're going to uh, give us synthetic meat to eat, lab-grown meat. Well, the University of California um, <clears throat> did a study. Synthetic meat generates 20 times more CO2 than traditional animal husbandry. You never hear the globalists take that to the bank. No, you never, never. Wow. Well, I guess uh, what do bugs eat? Because that's what they're going to have as our favorite food. <laughs> it, it, is, it is astounding to me that this has gone on for as long as it has. And, that, and then I have to attribute it to how are these scientists coming up with these conclusions? How, how are they avoiding physics? How are they avoiding natural science that is easily provable and coming up with these insane programs that clearly don't work? And here's a point in case everybody thinks that Florida is sunny. Well, Florida happens to be sunny, but it's not sunny all of the time. It's very cloudy, especially because we are in between two bodies of water and a peninsula uh, is affected by the water vapor. Of course, nobody talks about that, but solar panels don't work when it's cloudy. And I can prove that because we have solar lights outside. And for the last three days, it has been cloudy. And guess what did not go on last night? We had no lights. So how is this going to work if we have, we're replacing our farms with solar farms? What is that? What ramification is that going to have as we're destroying our food source? What do we do, Hank? What do you well, suggest? Well, first of all, um, uh, let's go back in history for a minute here. In 1977, the cover of Time magazine, the headline was How to Survive the Coming Ice Age. In 2006, the cover of Time magazine said, be worried, be very worried because of global warming. I mean, I'm old enough to remember 1977. I was uh, 33 years old, and I remember 2006. I don't remember global cooling, and I don't remember global warming. I haven't really seen that change. Okay, now, you might recall in 2006, uh, that's when Al Gore said, in five years, several things are going to happen. What did Al Gore say? He said the temperatures are going to be extreme. There'll be no more Arctic ice. Polar bears will be extinct and Manhattan will be underwater. Well, I ask you a question. The temperatures this year weren't extreme. As a matter of fact, they've been a little cooler than normal. There's more Arctic ice than there's ever been. Polar bears, there's more polar bears than ever. And the last time I checked, Wall Street is not underwater. So here we, here we have these quote, climate apocalypse, apocalypse for, um, and uh, 
you know, little Greta Thunberg um, and and her group say, oh, if we don't do anything in, in three years, um, and the earth will be inhabitable. Well, I haven't seen any, any, any significant changes, but you have to ask the question. The question you ask is why? First of all, follow the money. Al Gore made $300 billion off of his inconvenient truths. And Mr. Gates has probably, he is the largest owner of farmland in the United States right now. He is. That's a scary thought. And he gets, and he gets paid from the U.S. Department of Agriculture not to plant, not to plant and produce. So who's the one who's invested in all these uh, synthetic foods? Bill Gates. So follow the money. I mean, if you if you ever understood how he built Microsoft, he is a predator. Yes. And that's exactly what he's doing here. Uh, you, you take away one thing and you offer something, a substitute for it. And that's how Microsoft grew. And he's trying to do the same thing here. You so, are absolutely right. And unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our segment. So where can people find you, Hank? And, and I'd like you to come back because this is a topic that's not going to go away. And people have to understand what's going on and how they're being lied to and what we will be facing if we don't correct these lies. And the next time you hear a legislator or anyone talking about greenhouse gas, ask them, how much carbon dioxide is in the air that is going to make a difference? Make them come up with an answer. You will be shocked at what they say. Where do people find you, Hank? Well, uh, they can they can find me online. And uh, Karen, I also am in the process of doing uh, a series of talks. And I'm scheduled to give a series of talks, uh, a couple in Tennessee. Uh, the date... <clears throat> the date was canceled, so we'll have to reschedule because of not global warming. They had the worst ice storm since 1993, so they had to reschedule. So uh, you can find me online. Um, you can e email me. You have my contacts. And um, <clears throat> what, what can they do? I think people need to look at the science. They need to look at the science because... What they're being told is a bunch of lies, and there's no science to support it. And the worst thing is they will cherry pick, again, cherry pick weather events, significant cold here, significant heat there, and they'll blame that all on, on um, greenhouse gases. Well, thank you, Hank. I really appreciate and I'm looking forward to your talks and I'm looking forward to you coming back again. This is Karen Schoen. You've been listening to the Prism of America's Education. Hope you had a good education today. It was chock full of interesting and important facts. Don't go away, folks. I will be right back. 
world-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use Cofix RX because it works. Asia believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news. A place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Outlaw Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Please go flca.org and check out the micro school program. Folks, your kids are not 
learning science. Where are the next scientists going to come from if they have no idea what science is all about? And we just spent the first uh, segment of the show talking about CO2 and its ramifications but we have a trial going on, and it is uh, very, very interesting. I have asked Sterling Burnett from the um, Heartland Institute, who is incredible and manages so many things, uh, to t- come and tell us what this trial is all about and what you think the ramifications of this is. Thank you for joining me today, Sterling. Let's get right to it, because unfortunately, today our time is short. But um, what is going on with Mark Stein? Well, thanks for having me on again. So Mark Stein and um, another gentleman, initially there were four uh, defendants in a lawsuit. Um, They published articles more than 12 years ago now. The, the, The plaintiffs have dragged this trial out. It's lawfare. They're trying to bankrupt the defendants. Um, They uh, they basically criticized Michael Mann's hockey stick representation. And um, one of the gentlemen, uh, um, he he compared Michael Mann, who was at uh, um, Penn State at the time, he compared him to Jerry Sandusky and the people that were going through uh, the um, – the uh, molestation trial, the football uh, scandal that happened there a few years ago. And he said uh, something to the effect, it's an old joke, actually. Uh, it's not not unique to that. But besides comparing him to a guy that was a serial um, uh, child molester, a predator, uh, which probably was you know not wise, uh, he, he said... Uh, Michael Mann belongs in the state pen, not Penn State, based on the way <laughs> based on the way he had, he said he tortured the data. Oh. And uh, and Mark Stein, a fairly popular personality, he echoed that. He uh, he repeated it. He uh, he referenced the initial statement. I mean, he didn't say it was original to him, but he he repeated it. And uh, Michael Mann says that hurt his professional reputation. And damaged his person, his personal reputation, and so he's trying to sue them out of existence. Now, mind you, he's a serial litigator. He he is a, a nasty human being. He uh, sues people rather than debates people if they disagree with him. And he he sued a gentleman in Canada, uh, not for exactly the same thing, but still for criticizing uh, and attacking man and his hockey stick, and. In Canada, when they directed him, they said, this is really about data. You must turn over your data. He refused. And uh, the Canadian court ultimately found for the defendant, the guy he sued, uh, Tim Ball, uh, and awarded him damages and awarded him plaintiff's fees, which Michael Mann never paid. And they can't enforce it (laughs) unless it goes to Canada. They have no jurisdiction. So uh, I guess he writes off all his uh, Canadian speaking opportunities because if he shows up, they can enforce it. Um, and, and unfortunately, uh, Tim Ball, the scientist that was involved, he died uh, in poverty because of the lawsuit. And uh, he had to raise funds um, 
uh, via what GoFundMe or something like that to help pay for his funeral. Uh, he tried to do the same thing to Mark Stein. It's been over 12 years. And uh, so the trial is actually going on and you can listen to it daily. And uh, it, it basically shows that it hasn't hurt his professional reputation since since they said this. He pals around with Leonardo DiCaprio and other people. He keeps getting government grants. He keeps being invited to speak places. Uh, they caught him out. They caught him out on the stand and in his testimony saying he was a Nobel Prize recipient. Of course, he never received a Nobel Prize. He says it. He, he has it everywhere. Uh, and he had to admit, well, no, I, you know, his lawyers had to admit, well, that they, what they said is that was we were mistaken. No, there's no mistake. The IPCC doesn't give out the Nobel Prize. The Nobel Prize Committee does. They gave him a certificate saying thank you for your work that gave us Nobel Prize. Mark Stein pointed out him claiming he won the Nobel Prize because he was part of 2,500 scientists that worked on the IPCC report is like every European claiming they won a Nobel Prize because the EU was awarded a Nobel Prize. Uh, so every everybody on the beach could say, hey, I'm a Nobel Prize winner. So um, in other words, if any, what's going on to me is very similar to the trials that we have going on here. If you criticize what the establishment thinks, then they will sue you for criticizing them. So free speech, I guess, is out the window right now. Well, that's so. There's two reasons this trial is so important. I don't think it should have gotten through the courtroom door. He's a public personality. He's very nasty. He calls people names all the time. He's been caught. Once again, in in uh, under sworn statements, saying that he 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 says he calls people certain things, uh, deny climate deniers, and certain statements, and then he testifies under oath that he's never called anyone a climate denier. It's like so one of the people that he called a climate denier pointed out, "It's in your written statement right here." <laughs> How can you say that? So, um, uh, so I don't think this should have gotten through the courtroom door. It should have been a First Amendment. No, people can mock you, people can laugh at you. People can call you names. You're a public figure. Think of the things they've called Biden. Think of the things they call Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, he's it, Why is he better than them? They should be thrown out. But it wasn't. Um, and so he, uh, you know, he's he's really a nasty piece of work. So this is both it's about the science. It's about whether the hockey stick, if he loses, um, it's going to damage the hockey stick's reputation because it damages him. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be I shouldn't awful. have said that, should I? <laughs> uh, but um, it, it's also about free speech. If he wins, what it says is, unlike Canada, which doesn't have free speech, the guy won because man wouldn't comply with court orders. Unlike the UK and Europe, which don't have guaranteed free speech, we have guaranteed free speech. We have a First Amendment. And... Uh, it's true you can't commit fraud. It's not protected. And slander is not protected. But mocking is protected. And he was mocked. He wasn't slandered. Um, a comparison is not uh, a... Um, they didn't call him a child molester. They compared him to a child molester. It's different. And uh, so... This shouldn't have made it through the courthouse door. If he wins, it means the First Amendment just doesn't protect us like we thought it did. It's it's more it's big on science. It's important for the science. It's critical to right. science, but it's even more important 
uh, for our liberty, our fundamental liberties in the country. Because if he wins, it basically says people better shut up. You can't debate certain things. You can't call certain people. Uh, you, you, they can call you names because he keeps calling people names. Um, but you can't call them names if they're politically connected. And that's that's dangerous for this country. Which leads me to the class issue whereby it looks as though America, which was never supposed to have any type of class distinction, now has an elite class that thinks that they are better than all of us and they can say and do whatever they want. And us uh, little peons over here, the minute we challenge them, they're going to bankrupt us and make sure that we never say that again and be an example for others to never say that again. You had a very interesting article regarding what the, quote, elite think about how we should be living our lives. So who are these elites and why do they get a chance to dictate to us about anything? (laughs) Well, I, I guess because the, the courts have let them get away with it. Um, uh, the elites, there are elites on the left and the right that always want to dictate to us uh, our lives. Um, I've read the Constitution. I see nothing in there about Social Security. I see nothing in there about National Forest. I see nothing in there about education. It's not in there. And yet uh, they have passed laws that dictate schools, educational policies that that set aside large swaths of land to the federal government uh, that tell people how they can use their land when it's not being used to violate other people's rights uh, because they care about species, which also aren't mentioned in the Constitution. Um, uh, The elites are the people who think, who believe, and uh, they're not just congregated in uh, Washington, D.C. You can find them in every city hall and state capital around the country um, who think they know better how you ought to live uh, than you know for yourself. They think they know they have a vision of what is right, of what they believe to be the right right way to live. And for them, typically it's, we get to fly in private jets. You don't get to fly at all. We get uh, multiple cars, one of them being electrics that we can show off every so often. The others being limousines and large SUVs. And you should take public transit if you are allowed to travel at all. Um, We want to put you in 15-minute cities so you can walk to the grocery store because we don't want you driving to the grocery store. Um, So uh, the Democratic elites right now are captured, you know, almost a wholly owned – the Democrats are almost a wholly owned subsidiary at this point of the environmental – radical environmentalist. And they are uh, trying to dictate – Every aspect of your lives. It started back when they came after your toilets. They, they told you how much water your toilet could use. And so they, they pushed ineffective toilets in the market. They needed multiple flushes to get the job done. Not saving water in the meantime because multiple flushes use as much water as the, <laughs> you know, the old tanks. Um, and breaking more often because you're, they're being flushed multiple times. Uh, they, they came after your light bulbs. You no longer can get your incandescent light bulbs. Uh, Now they're trying to come after, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, which by the way, were very efficient and gave us a plenty amount of light for the cost of what the light bulb was. So the whole thing. So, really what they are doing is producing ineffective, inefficient products. Technology, yeah. 
forcing they they, what they say is it'll save you money in the long term. That the, 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 they may have higher upfront costs, but they'll save you money in the long term. And they have you know laboratory studies under perfect conditions where they they do this. Unfortunately, real life isn't perfect laboratory studies, and often the technologies in the real world don't work the way they're promised. But even if they did, let's say every technology that they push would save you would save the average person money in the long term. They're like two cents when they're forty well, years no, old. No, you know <laughs> they, they, they say it could save you lots of money in the long term. Yeah, some of them they don't run. Yeah, but some of them some of them they actually don't. You know they, they they even admit well yeah it won't save you a lot of money in the long term. But even if they did, what government what business is it of the government to force you to choose a technology that saves you money? If you want a if you want an incandescent light bulb that over its life costs you more money and energy than it costs uh, up front. That should be your business. Government has no business telling you how your house is lit. I've read the Constitution. It ain't in there. Um, efficiency is not everybody's God. And, uh, it, you know, so they've, uh, you know, and they get they, they always get ahead of themselves. So governments took the federal, I'm going to give you a beautiful example. So the government took uh, the federal, the uh, Minnesota got rid of uh, their incandescent light bulbs in their um, traffic lights. And a lot of people don't know. I mean, you do know if you've ever changed a light bulb that when it burned out and it was still hot. So you burn your fingers. It gives off a lot of heat. And um, that heat in cold areas in the winter is what melts ice and snow when it falls upon this these lights. So they started having traffic accidents because people couldn't see the lights after they put in their great LEDs. Uh, and so they had to go back to incandescence. So specialty lights, incandescence can still be sold. Um, incandescence help heat your home. They reduce your heating cost because they do. Honestly, they give off heat. That's that's called inefficient by the government. It's waste. They call it waste heat. Um I remember when we were forced to put on the smart meters and I couldn't figure out why they were doing that, aside from eliminating people's jobs. But when you mentioned 15 minute cities, everything falls into place because now the government could have control over your entire household by determining your usage from a smart grid. From your yeah. smart meter, um, uh, if you've, you've got a if you've got a smart device inside your home, you don't have to have a smart device. You, you, the, the meters themselves can be read by computer, but they don't control your energy use. But if you put a smart meter in your home, uh, it, it can monitor the use of your refrigerator and everything. And uh, in government, you know, if they decide you're using too much, they can cut it off. So I, I don't have those in my home. No. Uh, I, I will, I'll, you know, so now, to be fair, the Biden administration is not the first to uh, to tell manufacturers what kinds of appliances they can sell and to tell consumers what kind of appliances they can buy new. Uh, the, the light bulb ban initially came in under uh, George Bush, the second Bush. Uh, other uh, energy it's all done under the under the guise of either energy or water uh, efficiency regulations, and they update those very often. 
But there has never been an onslaught like there has been under Biden on appliances. They've gone after your furnaces. They've gone after fans, room fans, not just ceiling fans, but normal upright fans. They have, uh, uh, you know, the thing that, you know, they, of course, they do it to cars all the time. They, they have efficiency standards for cars, but that's a different law. Um, it, aren't they, uh, they want to put a, a switch in the car so that you can't go more than 10 miles over the speed limit? Um, that that's the newest one that they want to put in the cars. I I can't speak to that. I don't know. I don't. I read, Um, I read that one. So who are these elite anyway? They, uh, they, they, the, the big thing that got kicked back a year and a half ago was, uh, one of the Biden administration officials, um, mentioned that we're going to have to crack down on gas stoves to fight climate change. (laughs) Now, uh, this comes as the vice president is showing her turkey <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner. They're cooking on a gas stove. And, um, and and immediately there was a huge backlash. And the Biden administration immediately issued a uh, statement saying, no, we're not coming after your gas stove. That's not on the thing. But then two weeks later, they proposed a rule to come after gas stoves. Um, so the, the rule is now out. And it turns out that the gas stove portion of it is not nearly as bad. I, I think they, they, they've they received so much pushback from their elite friends with gas stoves, uh, you know, their celebrity chefs that said that you will no longer get to eat at our restaurant if you ban gas stoves, <laughs> that they that they had to say, oh, well, no, we're not, we don't want that. So um, only about 10% of the gas stoves are affected now. It still means poor people will pay more for gas stoves, but most people could still keep their gas stove. The funny thing is electric stoves come under more regulation <laughs> than uh, the gas stoves under the new rule. And that was not anticipated. That wasn't part of the proposed rule. Um, so y- you never know with them. They, they attack their allies and they attack uh, who they perceive as the climate enemies. Uh, and the well, elites, uh, you, you keep asking me, I don't know. They are people. I've already, I've just said my, my general impression is, they are anyone who thinks they know better how you have to live your life than you. They are I think powerful, is it? politically powerful people. They are they are rich people who fund politically powerful people. They fly private jets. They're 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 John Kerry. They are Jeff Bezos. They are um uh you know Bill Gates. They are uh Barack Obama and everyone who was ever in his administration. They're you know. And and uh, and there are Republicans who believe this stuff, too. Right. The, the governor of Wyoming uh, that gets most, you know, a lot of money from its natural gas and coal is 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 a greenie. He's bought into climate madness and uh, he's hurting his industry in the process. Um, they are people who just simply think they're smarter than you. And because they're smarter than you, they know best how you ought to live. If you're poor or middle class. You will pay more for less or live without. Uh, you will lose vacations. Your kids won't have the advantage of uh, going to better schools. Um, you won't be able to afford your, your health care. Does anyone really believe that since the government is involved, got more and more involved with health care, health care costs have gone down? You're right. <laughs> if you believe that one. Yeah. And, and I they think benefit, everybody benefit. We should all remember that these are affirmative action graduates. 
So that's who is uh, leading this country. We have to remember that and make sure that they're making rules. Rules are not laws. And if we get the right people in office, we can get rid of a lot of these quote, rules, um, especially those that make absolutely no sense at all. And that's the major problem that I have. They have, this is a group of people that does not believe that there are consequences for their actions, and they don't care. And they thrust things upon we the people in massive quantities without testing them. And they test them in a laboratory, as Sterling said, under controlled conditions, which has nothing to do with real life. So just because they have stolen from us, just because they have gotten, we have allowed them to take power doesn't mean that we can't take that power back. Uh, Sterling, where can everyone find you? Because your writing and the things that you talk about are very, very important. And we, folks, we have to talk to our kids about this because this is going to affect them dramatically if we don't get a lot of this corrected now. So because where would people find you, Sterling? Let me just say this one thing about the kids because what you just said is very, very important. Um, we have a generation of children, of youth, being raised to believe that the world is soon coming to an end because of what their parents uh, and their grandparents have done, that the world is worse now than it was before, that the world is dying. They, we, uh, more than a third of children, more than a third of you say they've decided not to have children because they are bad for the climate. This is the brainwashing. This is the indoctrination they're getting in their schools. And that is both, um, you know, it's creating mental illness in these kids. And it's so it's it's both uh, disgusting and dangerous. And so I think your your audience can't can't understand that deeply enough uh, to find out more about the Heartland Institute. Go to www.heartland.org. Uh, go sign up for my weekly newsletter, Climate Change Weekly. It comes out three times a month. It's wonderful. You have to sign up for it. <laughs> I read it all the time. Uh, I, I think it's probably how you discovered me. I don't know. Yes, it uh, is. <laughs> uh, we have uh, websites uh, where we respond to the daily climate alarm story of the day in the mainstream media called Climate Realism. We have a scientific website with a publication, very short publication. I would advocate you go out and download this for your kids. If you don't want them to be scared of climate change, if you want them to get the facts, it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's called Climate at a Glance. Go to climateataglance.com. Uh, download the booklet, Climate at a Glance for Teachers and Students, Facts About Climate Change for Teachers and Students. It's data-driven, and it's, it's cited. And so it's not just our opinions. It's basically backed up by hard science, and you can check it out. And it's easy. It's accessible for kids. One or two pages on each topic. Um, I, I advocate you all going out and getting this for your kids. Okay, and I advocate that you get five. What does that mean? Send this out to five people and ask them to do the same thing. And if we did that, we wouldn't be paying attention to the lamestream media who lies to us. 
Um, another thing for homework, folks, I'm the teacher, you're getting homework, because aside from going to the Heartland Institute, you must contact your legislator, that disgusting amnesty bill that will destroy our country is on the table. And we have to get a hold of our uh, senators and our representatives. So Go to your senator. They, you can talk to them when they're at home. You can talk to them when they're in D.C. It doesn't make any difference, but tell them no way to pass this disgraceful, disgusting bill that will destroy America and any future hope that you have for your children. Thank you all for listening, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You have been listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, who has an incredible program to homeschool your kids. If you want to fight back, we have to follow the money. And that's how the public schools get their money, by attendance. So if you homeschool your child, you are not paying those indoctrination clinics masquerading as public schools. You have to do this, folks. This is what we need to do to save our country. And believe me, America needs saving. So if you believe America is worth saving, you have to do your job because otherwise we will be giving more and more away to people who will do nothing other than restrict us and force us to, as Sterling said, do more for less. That's not America. That's not what we're about. So have a wonderful week and make sure you get five. Thank you all for listening. See you again next week. 